Thank you for tuning into another episode of Woke. I'm Gil Singletary, the host, and today's episode, American Democracy. It's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. Today is an impromptu episode based on the events that happened yesterday at the U.S. Capitol. A lot of Black people woke up today not feeling well. Many don't know why, can't put their hands on it. Some can't even explain exactly what they think or what they feel. All they know is that they feel empty, broken, or having difficulty just putting their thoughts into words. And today, like every day, many African-Americans will go on to their jobs as if nothing happened and do their best to pretend like today is just another day. I know this pattern all so well. We do it all the time. It's difficult to communicate how you feel because you don't want to come off as being political. You don't want to seem as the person in your office as a troublemaker or the person in your firm who brings up issues of race. You cringe when someone brings up the issue because you don't know if they're asking because they're genuinely concerned or if they're asking because they're seeking to expose you and label you as a radical. Meanwhile, your white colleagues look at you wondering what is going on? Many want to say something, but like you, they don't know what to say. Others are simply oblivious to what you're thinking and what you're feeling. Because to them, it's just politics. Which to them, is like an intramural sport that they could choose to participate in when they want to. So, you suppress your feelings, how you feel, and what you think. And you do your best to carry on with your day despite everything that is going on around you. But deep inside, you know today's not a normal day. You're haunted by the images of seeing the U.S. Capitol building stormed by a group of men and women who are eloquently described as protesters. Then it finally hits you while you're so depleted. You can't help but ask yourself the what if question. What if these men and women who stormed the Capitol building were black? As you ponder this question, the inequities of our country slowly start to download and you can't help but feel overwhelmed with a sense of pain and sorrow. Because you know, deep down inside, if these men were black, there would be a bloodbath all over the streets of Washington, D.C. As you continue to watch the news in dismay, the names of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and Andre Maurice Hill echo throughout your consciousness. You think about Andre, an unarmed black male who was shot and killed in a friend's garage within 10 seconds after encountering police. You try and reconcile the killings of these innocent black men and women with what you are seeing on TV. The gut-wrenching restraint that police and law enforcement officers are displaying while being besieged by an angry white mob. You have so many questions. Again, you ask yourself, what if these men, these women were black? What was the security for that matter? Where are all the people who voiced their opinion and said Colin Kaepernick's protest was unpatriotic, un-American? Then you realize why you feel so sad and so depleted. Why you feel so empty because you realize that your problem is you're in love with a country that doesn't love you. You see how she treats others and how she treats you. You realize how much you love her and how much you've given to her how little she has given to you in return. 
All he wanted is to be loved and to be embraced by her. But moments like yesterday remind you that she doesn't love you the way you love her. And that hurts. It eats away at your core. Because all you ever wanted was to, for her to love you. Like many of you, I have friends and family who are Republican and Democrat. Some are hard right, some are hard left. One of the things I hear most from my friends on the left is the discomfort that they now have with their friends and family who are Republican. Many of them describe how their relationships have deteriorated or in some cases have become adversarial. I always respond with the same answer. It's not that they're Republican because many have been Republican their entire life for years and it's never impacted your relationship. It's actually because of their support for President Trump. Now, I know for some, you're going to say, oh, Gil is being uh, partisan. This is not about politics. It's not about political affiliation. There's a major distinction amongst President Trump and the Republican Party. And I actually think that it's worth discussing. So, so the question becomes, what is it about President Trump that creates this visceral or this chaos in your relationship with those that you love and your friends, your loved ones? Although the easy thing or the, more, the most expedient thing would be to do is to say, oh, because he's a Republican. I think the answer is a bit more complex than that. As I said earlier, for many Americans, this is just politics. While for others, it's a feeling of life or death. The disparity in treatment is obvious. I think that's where the, that sits at the heart of this inequity. For example, compare what President Trump said to the angry mob yesterday to what he said to Black Lives Matter protesters in May. Yesterday, he said to his supporters, go home. We love you. You're very special. Go home in peace. Now, compare that to his May statements regarding Black Lives Matter when he said, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Then compare that to his 2017 statements after Charlottesville when he said, there are fine people on both sides. Fine people on both sides. Yesterday was one of America's most darkest moments, not because of an outside adversary, but because of fellow Americans, men and women whom our president has deemed as fine people. Men and women whom have received refuge and a sympathetic ear to spew hatred and division. For many Americans, President Trump's alignment with racist extremists is a direct threat to their safety and their well-being. For minorities, it's not politics. It's life or death. It's progress or degress. Recently, I had a conversation with a white friend. And he said to me, he said, Gil, the problem with black people is they put too much of their faith in politicians and not enough of their faith in God. And I just looked at him like, wow, brother, that is a lot. At first, I was angry with his statement. Then I realized, by and large, for white people, the government has never really given them any rights or freedoms. Think about it. The government has never brought about any significant changes in, their li in the lives of most white people as it has for black and brown people. Sure, white people have benefited from VA loans, access to property and, and land and those sorts of things. 
But as it relates to government, the most significant benefit by way of legislation for white people was in 1919 with the passing of the 19th Amendment, right, which which gave white women the right to vote. Outside of that, there were no there haven't been really any major legislations that truly advance the freedoms or the rights of white people. For the most part, being white was the only thing that was needed to advance one's economic and our social status. That's not the case for African-Americans. The fight for freedom was paved with the protests, bloodshed, and changes in legislation. From the abolishment of slavery in 1865 with President Abraham Lincoln to the Civil Rights Act of 1964 with President Lyndon Johnson. For black people, there was no choice but to put your faith in God and hope that he could change the hearts and souls of men who have led this country. So it was through the belief in God and faith that this just government, that one day black people, one day will be recognized and treated as equal. There was no other way but for black people to put their faith in God and in the government. What other options did black people have? For black Americans, the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution was a check. It was a blank check. And black people have been trying to cash that check since the day we were. it was written. For so many years, that check has bounced over and over and over again, only to have return to sender, return to sender, insufficient funds. It's time for America to pay up. There was a time when the argument was black people were not American enough. They were too tied to Africa and not interested in being Americans. So what did black people do to prove their loyalty to America? They fought in wars that they didn't even believe in. They went overseas and fought and died for a country only to return to segregated neighborhoods and communities. They worked at hotels they couldn't afford to sleep in. They built the roads and the railroads and, and the highways that connected America. All of this to prove that they loved America. All of this to prove that they belonged here. However, despite whatever they gave, it was never enough. It was never enough or never done the right way. When NFL players silently protested before they took the field, they were told that's not the right way to protest. When millions of Americans went to the streets and marched after the deaths of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, they were told that's not the right way to settle your grievances. That's not the right way to settle your disputes. Yesterday, when hundreds of angry mobsters stormed the Capitol building, I didn't hear one person who condemned Colin Kaepernick say that that was not the right way to protest. After going through almost a year of a racial pandemic, yesterday we witnessed the great irony of two extraordinary events. We witnessed an angry mob invade the sanctity of our most secure historic capital, while at the same time we watched our most powerful police force exercise the most delicate restraint ever used on a forceful group of angry people. This single episode puts this whole conversation to rest, this notion that police kill black men because they need further de-escalation and restraint training. No, yesterday was a sober reminder that the only thing that is truly missing is empathy. And you cannot train for empathy. To all my black and brown people, hold your heads up. I know sometimes you feel like no one is listening, that no one cares, and you feel like giving up. I know you felt like the deaths of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, all the events over the course of July and August and September surely will bring change in this country. 
Yesterday was a sad reminder that we have so much further to go. It's frustrating when you can't communicate how you feel or explain to someone why it is that something so far away could have such an impact on you in the little place or the place that you're sitting in right now. But just remember that you're not alone. And there are allies who don't look like you, but who are hurting just as much as you are. Many don't know what to say. And many don't even know how to respond. Some don't even know how to be there for you. Open up your hearts, continue to do what you do, and press on. With that, I hope to be with you again soon. Until then, my friends, stay safe and be well. And remember, in the darkness, you must be the light. Stay woke. It's been a long